everybody, welcome to B.O. Boys for Tuesday, June 16th. Fuck it, it's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. I'm Pat. Pat, and that introduction was too long because we are jam-packed. This show yeah. is so chock-full. Yeah, even us talking about how jam-packed it is, is just way longer than we we possibly have like me just saying how uh little time we have that also hurts it's just we don't have time for this clayton there's too much news me agreeing me agreeing to that statement is also a waste so let's get into it all right let's we have another top 10 and for 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 a minute there that's why we're doing this late on a monday night we weren't sure if there was going to be another top 10 and we were Mm -hmm. feeling empty because oh, the very uh, empty. the 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 closest thing to normalcy that we've had in the past three months is the return of the top ten. Yeah, I uh, I don't think anything has made me happier in the last three months than last week when we 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 looked on our internet, we opened our internet, you know, folded it in half so we could read it. And saw at the very top of the internet, there was a new theatrical box office top 10. Yeah. With real numbers, full full uh, numbers from all the possible theaters. And we got it again this week. Clint, we, we, we got to get into this. This is huge. And it is a, it is, this top 10 is real and it is spectacular. Yeah, this is, this is stunning. So, number one, in mm-hmm. its 16th week, regaining the top spot, The Invisible Man. So, I'm, yeah, that's me clapping. Gotta. Stand and so, clap. So, this weekend it made $383,000. It's now in 147 theaters, mm-hmm. which is less than the number two film, which... The Invisible Man, going back to number one, broke a nine-week streak mm-hmm. for Trolls World Tour. Yep. Which is in 248 theaters. So more theaters. But only yeah, it's adding theaters. Yeah. All, all of these movies are pretty much adding theaters because theaters are opening more. Yep. Yep. Um, so with Invisible Man, this is a movie that came out in... Mid February, open uh-huh. number one. Of course, then the world collapsed, and uh, you know it was it was a victim of COVID. Coming back to being number one in week sixteen, this is historic stuff. Now this is this is one of the great box office runs we've ever seen. It's stuff of legend. Yes, definitely stuff of legend. We we talked a you know we're not an Oscar podcast. We talked a little bit about last week um, about Elizabeth Moss, the lead of this movie. I think she is a big shoe in for an Oscar because this is you know if this movie run is the stuff of legend, her she's a, she's the movie star on top right now. She's the one who pushed us all the way to the top. Well, here's the thing, and we're not going to get into this because we got a, we got a lot to go in this show. Right, but right. she's going to have to wait till April. That's going to yes. spread out that that's going to mm. spread out that kind of campaign in a way that's kind of weird. But Invisible Man still being number one this long into its run bodes well for that Oscar campaign. Yeah. Do you think that there are some amount of people who saw this movie in the theater in? February and it has been so long both in terms of actual time three months but just in terms of how this last three months has felt like five years that people have kind of forgot that they even saw it in the first place and are going to it right now maybe it 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 could feel like a catalog title for some people mm-hmm mm-hmm like for some they, people, they're like, "Oh, Invisible Man with Elizabeth Moss, this will be a nice retro thing to go see, to make me remember when I was young." Yeah, because I think there's uh, when we get through this top ten, there's a lot of that going on, 
and Invisible Man at this point, yeah, it just might feel like nostalgia for people. This top 10 is weirdly made up of things that will comfort mm-hmm. and movies that are combative in a way, at least mm-hmm. one or two of these movies. So let's go to number two, Trolls War. Yep. <laughs> Fuck it. I'm doing it live. It's a raw feed. I'm a mush mouth. Trolls World Tour. I'm going to be happy when this goes away so I don't have to say it anymore. $275,000. Mm-hmm. So number two in its 10th week. First time it's been lower than the top spot in its whole release. Yeah. So so Titanic is safe. The consecutive number one streak of Titanic is safe. Trolls World Tour will not be taking that. Absolutely. It's not taking the crown. Number. Um, Great run. Number. Great run. Number three. Wow. Back to the future. Wow. In 91 theaters had a three day of $263,000 nipping at the trolls little buns. Not that far below. This could have been the number two film in the country. Does it have a chance of getting itself to number one at some point? It could because I think that's what people are going to want to go for comfort mm -hmm. and back to the future. What is more comforting than going back to the future, going back to that feeling of hope that you had for the future back in 1985? Right. Of course. Well, and back to the future gives you, that double wallop of nostalgia because it's came out in the eighties and is partially set in the eighties. And then it's also set in the Mm fifties. Is it 1955, right? 1955. I believe so. so. You're, you're getting just double nostalgia. And that's what people need. They need more nostalgia than normal, which is a lot. Yeah, because this country yes. runs on nostalgia. Oh, of course, it's it is our, becoming our number one export. So, Back to the Future has a chance of moving up to being the number one movie in the country in 2020. Not something I would have predicted uh, at the beginning of the year. Absolutely not. If if you would have said Pat make a thousand predictions about. Just box office. I don't think Back to the Future being number one at the box office this year would make my top thousand. Ten thousand? Maybe. Yeah. Because that's so many things to come up with. It's it's too many. That's why I do think that we should make it an annual episode. Mm. A thousand. Yeah. Like if we do our annual a thousand what what is it uh a thousand predictions a thousand prediction yeah. episode yeah that's great that's a great we each idea. come up with a thousand predictions for the year yes and we drop yeah, it on I, january 1st yeah we gotta blaze through them idea. we can't we can't really analyze each one we mostly have to say them because a thousand yes. is a lot and if we're doing a thousand each that's two thousand predictions it's basically listicles. Yeah, yeah. It's a, I, of course, it's a listicle in in a podcast form, and that's fine. Like and it. I, th- I think yeah. we should do that. So number four, mm-hmm. the hunt, still holding on. The movie that we thought was a total bust, mm-hmm. in eighty three theaters, three day, two hundred and twenty seven thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. This is real so, money. I mean. You know, back a couple of months ago when we basically only had a handful of drive-ins open and we're looking at, oh, this movie made $14,000, this movie made $30,000. Eh, these are hundreds of thousands of dollars now. This it It's not what it should be, of course, but it feels good to say these. It feels realer. It does. It does. Yeah, 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 because Trolls didn't it open, it opened in theaters to like 38,000 or something. Right, right. Um, no, these are, these are realer numbers. We're, we're approaching 
Playmobil numbers. Yes. Which in a normal everyday theater, like theater opening would be atrocious. Oh, but of people, course. people are now wishing for a opening opening uh, weekend of of Playmobil for their movie. Yes, um, that that actually could be something we look at next week. What is the first movie that in the top ten that outgrosses the opening weekend of the Playmobil movie? Which, of course, the Playmobil movie opened in normal times back in September. But that was also pay what you want. Yes, that was a weird. There's a lot going on with Playmobil, but I, I think that will be a very significant historical marker. The first movie in the uh, COVID era, era that outgrosses the opening weekend of Playmobil. Playmobil was a sliding scale, like when you try to get therapy mm-hmm. and you don't have a lot of money and they let you pay less. That's what mm-hmm. that's what that was. It was a new thing which people totally forget about. Yeah. Um so yeah, The Hunt number 4. Yeah, like you said it's a movie that we kind of wrote off, but it it uh it's held really strong. People have wanted this. People have 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 uh really galvanized around this movie. I think it's going to be remembered. Oh, it's hung out for three months. You're not going to forget it. Yeah. It's in week 14, so it's been out almost as long as Invisible Man. Yeah, good for that movie. Good for Blumhouse. Another hit on their hands. Number five, which is a movie that you said was going to move up, Mm -hmm. and it did. Jumanji The Next Level, 92 theaters, plus 24 theaters, so it went up 24 theaters, Mm-hmm. Three day, two hundred and twelve thousand dollars in its twenty seventh week. I mean, there's not much more to say about Jumanji. We said this is taking over for Star Wars mm-hmm. as the film series of record. This is the film series of the twenty twenties. So yep. get used to it. Um, I think this has a chance of continuing to move up because if we look at the theater count um the movie in front of the hunt added 19 theaters jumanji added 24 theaters so you know based on that math jumanji will continue to add a little bit more theaters than the hunt is adding so jumanji has a chance of of jumping up a couple of slots absolutely yeah i'm jumanji is not dead it is still leveling up yes so number, <laughs> number six, six Clayton. another catalog title, E.T. in 78 wow. theaters had a three day of one hundred and ninety five thousand dollars. So this is so fun mm-hmm. to see this. This is definitely people packing into their cars, getting their kids and saying, I want to have the same experience. I want my kid to have the same experience I had. Mm-hmm. Because for our generation and a little bit older, E.T. is the first movie that a lot of them went to see in the theater. Yes, yes. I know at least a, a half dozen people that I talk to regularly that E.T. was their first movie. Wow. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It wasn't my first movie. Well, those people first... are AA. They're all people in AA. Okay. Um, and my first movie, now that I think of it, is something that I could see being a re-release movie ending up in the top 10. Because my first movie I ever saw in the theaters was Gremlins. Gremlins, 1984 yeah. Gremlins. Which, I mean, you look at this top 10, would it shock you if next week Gremlins is number four at the box office? Well, here's something that will shock you. Maybe not, but maybe a little bit. Mm-hmm. A little movie called Gremlins 2, The New Batch, actually came out. This anniversary is this week. It came huh. out in 1990. So this would be the 30th anniversary of Gremlins 2. 
Interesting. I don't think Gremlins 2, which I do like, is going to get re-released. But I but here's what Gremlins. I could see. Double Bill. Double Bill, all the Gremlins. Yes, I could see that. That that makes a lot of sense. So E.T., number six, Clayton. Is this a huge win for Spielberg? It keeps him in the zeitgeist. Yes. Well, we'll see. I mean, not to tip our hands but this this week is a big <gasps> win for spielberg oh yes now looking so let's ahead, talk about spielberg after uh, yes. we breeze talk through becky yeah becky the kevin james nazi movie mm-hmm. 50 theaters only added five theaters three day 187 thousand dollars in its second week this movie is driving trash Yes, and, it's and not, I'm not what saying people that, want. I'm not saying that in a derogatory term, like in a ter- derogatory way. It is made for drive-ins. It's probably playing only drive-ins. I couldn't mm-hmm. see this in a hard top. Maybe yeah. one or two hard tops, but it's it's mostly drive-ins. Mm-hmm. And people are going to see this because it's new, and this is where your edge lords are getting their their jollies. The real moviegoers are going to see E.T., which is our sixth movie, and number eight, which is Jurassic Park, another Spielberg movie. So, yes, huge Uh, week for Steven Spielberg. 132 theaters, three-day of $158,000. Wow. So Spielberg having E.T. and Jurassic Park and then, I mean, not to jump ahead too much, but the number nine is The Goonies, which Steven Spielberg produced. So Steven Spielberg has three of the top ten movies. Two he directed, another one that he exec produced. Um, Back to the Future number three, I don't think Spielberg had anything to do with it officially. Oh, other than, here's a little fun fact for you in your top ten, E.T., appears in two movies in this week's top 10 because of course et uh the the puppet makes an appearance in uh back to the future right wait am i totally making something up no i don't know what i i don't know i just had like an aneurysm i guess yeah you tell me man because i don't know what happened there i mean it could be possible um let's see what am i thinking of no et is not in back to the future um, anyway, Spielberg is E.T. in Jurassic Park. No, E.T. was in something else, but I can't think of what it was now. I know E.T. has made an appearance in like some other movie. Um, is, anyway. it, is it the mashup movie that that he that Spielberg recently made the Ernest Klein film? Oh, Ready Player One. I'll I'll think of it at some point, but I know E.T is in something. Oh, he's in star Wars. Forget it. He's in like uh, the phantom menace or something like that. But Zemeckis is, is his uh, buddy, his buddy, his, his boy from yeah. way back. It's yeah. like you and Todd Phillips. Yes. Todd Phillips, not my boy from way back. Yeah. Well, um, he is. Okay. So what I was saying before I had my aneurysm is that yes, yeah, Spielberg and Zemeckis, that crew pretty much dominated this week. That is that is very impressive. And for Spielberg, that's a big win because, you know, during the pandemic, there hasn't been a lot of Steven Spielberg coverage. He hasn't really made news, I would say. He's sort of gotten lost in the, the, the you know, the coronavirus news cycle, Steven Spielberg. And this puts him right back in that conversation. Oh, yeah. He's having the best week ever. Yeah. Um, so Jurassic Park, it's when you look at these movies and all of the sort of catalog movies um, and something even like Invisible Man or Trolls or Jumanji, which are like very quality new movies. I think what you're seeing as a change in this box office is that you had that run of a couple of months where... Only drive-ins were open. It was a very weird context. And people were just going to see wacky, like, gross 
grindhouse crap. You know, all of those IFC films, they were like, the world is ending. We're sitting out here in a drive-in. It's really weird. Let's go see whatever. But now as the theaters start to open, it's obvious that people are saying, I want real stuff. I'm sick of eating, uh, you know, gruel. It's, it's, I'm sick of eating gruel. It was fine to bones, gruel. bones, and and yeah, I'm sick of chewing on greasy bones. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what the wretched is. The wretched is a greasy bone. Yep, yep. And and Jurassic Park is a dinosaur steak. Yeah, it's that big rib good. that Fred Flintstone puts on his car and it flips it over. Mm-hmm. Of course. And I, uh, yeah, th- this top 10, it-, it would have been heartening no matter what, just to see a real top 10, but to see a top 10 filled with all of these actual real good movies is just so joyous and, well, and, but, and hopeful. Yes. Well, but can I finish? Yeah. Can I, I finish? That. Can I finish? Remember? Can I finish? The Goonies, number nine. Mm-hmm. This was in here last week. It added 70 theaters since last time. So 136 wow. theaters are playing The Goonies. $154,000 nipping at the tail of the Jurassic Park Velociraptors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But this movie is mother's milk to people. I, like you were saying, all these movies, the Amblin movies, the Spielberg 90s movies, Back to the Future, Mother's Milk. Th- this mm-hmm. is what people want. They want big blockbuster feel-good movie making. Yep. And I think Jumanji is in that family. Jumanji yes. has that, here's these teens that you root for, and then here's these big superstars that you also root for. Yes. And it's a family-friendly movie that people, I think, want and need right now. Mm-hmm. Speaking yeah, of the Jumanji, exact opposite. Jumanji Next Level is a movie that um, could have been an Amblin movie. And, yes. And we wouldn't have been surprised. No. Speaking of the opposite of all that stuff, The Wretched, 99 theaters, not adding any theaters. Nope. Probably going to nope. lose some theaters. $148,000. Seven weeks never at number one and falling. So bye-bye wretched. I won't have to see you next week because we do have a number 11, this movie infamous 54 theaters, three day, $140,000. That's a Bella Thorne. I think porno film. I'm not sure, but uh, it's also available to stream. So people can stream it at home and jerk it there if they want. This is, is all drive-ins. This is not hard tops. There's no way this movie is playing at a hard top. Is this the time where a a porno can sneak into the top 10? And what I'm thinking is a um a nostalgia porno, you know, a deep throat can oh. that get a re-release where it gets a lot of drive-ins? Because we're still, you know, as much as hard tops are opening, we're still skewed towards uh, more drive-ins being still most of the business. So you get a lot of drive-ins. But then a movie like that, you know, a deep throat that has that fuzzy nostalgia could get in some hard tops. Because right now the hard tops are just looking to, you know, they're, everything's a testing period. They're showing movies to make a little money, but mainly to like, you know, get the, the popcorn machines going again. I so they don't really care a, what's playing. I don't necessarily think a porno could, but I wouldn't be surprised. But my thought is celebrity sex tape. Huh? One yeah, night but, in Paris. But are those an hour and a half? I mean, because they can the, be looped. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, Some maybe. remastering for 4DK would probably have to happen anyway. Right. Yeah, it's... I mean, now is the time. I think there's still a couple of week window before Unhinged opens where, you know, it's going to be a free-for-all. And if ever a porno was going to get in the top 10, it's going to be June of 2020. 
Yeah, you're right. So we'll so see. This, so we'll see a bunch of Spielberg Amblin movies, Jumanji The Next Level, Invisible Man, and a porno or two, possibly. Possibly. So uh, do so we want to do predictions for next week? Well, first, before we get mm. to that, there is something going on in this top 10 that is very, very fascinating. Go for Universal it. Universal has one, two, three, four, five, six of the top 10 movies. Yes. So Universal is a company that wanted to shrink the window famously mm-hmm. and was fighting with AMC and then later Regal over theatrical and pvod windows mm-hmm. isn't it funny that they're cleaning up so handily at regular theaters mm-hmm. isn't this enough for them to say like this is where our our bread is buttered see that's how you look at it because you you've been very uh uh anti- pro theater well no not pro theater you've been anti-change anti-progress because i've been on the side of i agree with the movie studios where the theatrical window needs to be shortened and they could get stuff on vod sooner after the theatrical release which is what our friends at universal studios are pushing for and you know the dinosaurs at amc and regal i've been very against that so when i look at who got to you when I look at this top 10 and I see six out of these 10 movies are universal to me, that says you movie theaters, this is who you rely upon. You can't get rid of universal studios and say, we don't need you because you know what? You do need them. One of the movies in this top 10 is Jurassic park. A movie that came out 30 years ago. They got a new Jurassic park. Just, loaded up in the can so you're going to tell me that movie theaters are, are going to not show the new jurassic park meanwhile the old one is at the top 10 give me a break cut the shit universal's got six out of the top 10 movies in this week's top 10 they're in charge wow all right i mean you cut the shit and i can't fight it what am i to do try to reattach try to glue it back together i can't do that it's disgusting. No, once shit is cut in half, it's two pieces of shit. So you want to make a prediction? Um. Yeah. Let's let's see. Let's do our top fives. That's always how we've done it. Let's try and come up with a top five. Um. Invisible Man does it stay number one? I'm gonna say yeah. Invisible Man stays number one. Trolls World Tour is on a downward trajectory it's one of only three movies in this top 10 that had gross less this week than it did last week so i don't think that's going to be number two does back to the future move up yes i'm going to go back to the future two so invisible man one back to the future two jumanji next level three and then i'm going to go with gremlins four and et five that's my okay, that's, that's my pick. That's big. I'm that's going big. Gremlins storms into the top ten and goes all the way to number four. Okay, so I I'm gonna say where is this? We've got so many tabs open, too many tabs, bro. Okay, yeah, I say Invisible Man stays number one. Mm-hmm. I say Jumanji Next Level goes to two. Oh, I like that a lot. I think Trolls is dropping like a stone. If you look at it, even though it's adding screens, its per screen average is abysmal. Yeah. So Invisible, then Jumanji, then Back to the Future. Nice. Then E.T., number four. And then Mm -hmm. I'm going to say Karate Kid. Oh, that's a that's a great pick. Karate Kid that comes back with a vengeance. Pick. Yep. 
that's the perfect type of movie that people are looking for. It's around the time that all these catalog movies are being released that had been released yep. other than Jurassic Park. I think yes. it's perfect timing for a Karate Kid. Plus, you got Cobra Kai in the mm-hmm. zeitgeist. Uh, yeah. Great series, by the way. I don't usually talk about TV. It's not TV. It's YouTube. So it's and kind it's, of and it's it's TV based on a movie. So it's it's yeah. a, a little bit more uh, palatable. But I feel like all the Cobra Kai stands are going to come out and watch that in the theater. Yes. So number yeah, Mach- five, Karate Kid. Yeah. Yeah. This could be a big, big weekend for Ralph Macchio. And it could he be a big weekend it. for Zach. It could be a big weekend for Zach Allegan and Phoebe Cates if my prediction comes true and Gremlins is in the top five. Yeah. Galligan needs it. Yeah, he needs it more than Macchio. Macchio, this would be a great career capper if he lands in the top five again, but he doesn't need it. I I, I think I think uh you know, his entourage cameo plus Cobra Kai has cemented his legacy. Zach Galligan could really use a, a top five right now. This will keep his head above water for another couple weeks, maybe. Yes. Galligan. Yes. Yes. It'll get land him on some podcasts. You know, those podcasts will, you know, maybe he gets a taste of some Patreon money. It'll, I, I think that that'll be big for him. So I'm rooting for Gremlins to get in there. He might need to. He might need to start a a, a fans only page. Zach mm-hmm. Galligan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get ready. You want to be prepared for this. With what, what may be coming this weekend. Yeah, cr- yeah. Create create it. Get the URL just in case. Mm-hmm. Um, now, we got to talk about a Universal movie that's stumbling, fumbling, bumbling. And I think you know what I'm talking about. The quote-unquote king of Staten Island. Oh, boy. Which Judd Apatow himself forced these theaters to pull this movie after it had been scheduled at several theaters. Yes. All because so, why, Pat? Why would he do that? Why wouldn't he want people to go to hardtops? Why wouldn't he want people to go in the drive-in to see his latest opus? Well, so, I mean, j- just to fully set the stage, so King of Staten Island was supposed to come out, obviously in theaters, COVID happens, and it got changed to a VOD day and date release. And it was supposed P-V-O-D. to be VOD. PVOD, $20 two-day rental. And it was when that was announced, it was a no-theater situation. It wasn't supposed to be a Trolls World Tour, which was both available theaters and PVOD at the same time. And then I guess what happened is, you know, certain people within the studio heard different things. They were sending out... uh, uh, files to movie theaters to be like, here, show King of Staten Island, which is a very interesting thing that could go wrong now because there aren't film reels that it's, it's basically... Va- well, just... this movie was a vape. This was, it was so a vape they were cartridge. just accidentally sending out uh, uh, vape juice. No, it's an actual vape cartridge. Huh. Interesting. And so... Certain people at Universal were sending theaters prints of the movie and the theaters were on schedule it. And then Judd Apatow caught wind of it and had it pulled from all the theaters. And on the surface, that makes no sense because it's basically found money. You know, why not let a theater show it and then whoever shows up and buys a ticket, it's money. It comes to you. It's 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 American dollars, it's currency, it's greenbacks, and let, let me just like give you an example of this really fast so people can sure. understand this. Right, you have you have an apartment with two doors, okay, and I say to you, hey Pat, mm-hmm. there could be money coming through both of those doors. Mm-hmm. You would keep both those doors unlocked, correct? You wouldn't barricade the one door because there's there could be money. 
No, I would want both doors unlocked so the money could walk through. Exactly. Without but a key. Apatow did is he locked one of those doors. Right. Now, here's my thought, and I think we share the same thought as we do on most things. Yes. Um, on why he locked that door. He locked that door because he knew there was going to be an embarrassing amount of money on the other side of it. And he knew that if people caught wind of how little money was behind that one door, they would make fun of him. And they would realize that this movie was a disaster and always would have been a disaster. So taking away the door analogy, what I'm saying is, yeah, there were theaters that were going to show this movie, but Judd Apatow knew he, and he always knew he's known for a long time that people were not going to go see this movie in movie theaters in any, uh, in any great number. They would only go in an embarrassing number. And if news got out that Gremlins was playing to, you know, relatively packed theaters and the Goonies were playing to packed theaters and Jurassic Park, and then at the same time, King of Staten Island was empty, it'd be embarrassing. And so he just didn't want that news to get out. So he locked the door. And he locked the gates. Is there any chance mm-hmm. that if this movie had come out in those number of theaters that wanted to play it, mm-hmm. would it have made the top 10, do you think? Would so it have having... made at least $148,000, which is what Wretched made at number 10? Right. I mean, I think that's the bar is you look at a, uh, a a new release like a Becky or Wretched. And even those movies, just by virtue of being something new, got themselves in the top five, top ten. I mean, we've both seen King of Staten Island. We watched it last night. We both rented it. PVOD. Watch it at home. I mean, it's, you know, we're not a movie review podcast, but it's a terrible movie. Mm-hmm. And it's the type of movie that now having seen it, it was obvious that this would have done no business in the theater. Like, let's imagine, you know, in, in, a, in a, uh, a different dimension where there's no COVID, movie theaters are operating as normal. If this movie came out, just came out as a June release... I mean, we're looking at, a, a, I would say, an opening weekend of like two or three million dollars. Like this movie, having watched it, is a movie that has zero audience to it. And comedy is already dead. And this isn't even a comedy. No. So you're getting people who are staying away from it because it's a comedy and people don't go to the theater to see comedies. And you're not even getting a comedy. No. So what? what is this movie and who's it for? Yeah, I think this movie would. I think Apatow didn't want any trace of money. He didn't want to be able to look to a box office total because it would have been atrociously low yeah. this way. And we were talking last week and we had a bet that the PVOD numbers, you said that there would be numbers and that they would mm-hmm. be at least $25 million. You're backtracking on that bet now, oh, right? Because fully backtracked. I am on my heels. We will never know, Pat. We will never know how much this movie made on PVOD. Yeah, and now having because it's going it, to do so poorly. Yes, I agree. I don't know what I was smoking last week. I must have caught some of those vapes that the the King of Staten Island files were were uh, loaded onto. This this is a movie that you will never hear numbers about it. There will not be a boastful press release about how well the King of Staten Island did. Now, well, you know what? Here's here's a here's a theory mm-hmm. that I have that I think bears fruit. Ooh, 
Universal, in order to try to divert the storyline away mm-hmm. from the the horrible bombing of the King of Staten Island, flooded theaters with movies that we love, mm-hmm. catalog movies that they knew were strong, so that they could make that the narrative and not King of Staten Island. We opened the show talking about triumphs by them. Yes. Back to the Future, E.T., Invisible Man, The Hunt, Jurassic Park. These are all triumphs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, anybody who's listening to this podcast just for the top 10, stop there. They're not hearing about the massive failure of King of Staten Island, how Judd Apatow right. is now probably going to be drummed out of Hollywood or if this movie had been released in theaters he would have been drummed out of Hollywood I, that I drumbeat think... is faint but next time he tries to put something out it's probably going to go straight to a streamer he's probably going to try to hook up with Apple TV plus that way he does not have to worry about money and he's only playing with eyeballs and then they don't have he doesn't have to worry he's just a big name that they landed that's his move because you can't have a box office number for Apatow movies directed by him anymore because those are going to mar his already marred legacy. I think that, you know, I mean, listen, the, the trend on everything, especially comedy, is harder to get in theater, is more likely to, to be on a streamer, um, which is sad overall. So that we might love be comedy. What we don't want it to be dead. Yeah. So that might be what happens with Apatow, but I do think they did a good job and he did a good job here of burying this movie. So it probably won't be held against him. You know, it's a pandemic movie, which I don't think is, you can't hold those against anyone right now. And the way he was able to uh, make sure that there were no theatrical box office numbers was something that may, may help him be able to get a movie in theaters next time because you can't point to King of Staten Island opening, you know, at $2 million in a, in a real normal situation or opening below uh, Becky and the wretched. If it had come out this weekend, you know, he, he, he kept that from happening. So I think he'll be fine. He'll have another shot at making a theatrical release. Well, you know who really is the hero in all this, in a way, is Deadline. Because Mm -hmm. they started these top tens and really showing the real numbers. And as soon as Apatow got wind of that, he, he pulled the plug. He said, don't put it in theaters because Deadline's actually doing work. If he was living in a box office mojo and the numbers world where they Mm -hmm. were just listening to whatever IFC told them, those, all of those numbers would exist, but no one would be reporting them. That's such a great point. It's true because if King of Staten Island came out even three weeks ago, it would have come out probably then they would have let it play in whatever movie theaters were open and were wanted to show it made whatever money they make off of it. And they would have known that there was no one out there reporting those terrible numbers. And you're right, because Deadline is now putting out the real numbers, putting out top tens, and more importantly, because Apatow knows that the B.O. boys are going to then surface those numbers to a greater audience and really analyze them and make sense out of them, Apatow knows he can't get away with that shit because Deadline is doing the work and then we're doing the harder work of talking about the work that I did not want to say it because I felt like it would seem like we are bragging, Mm -hmm. but there is a level of the BO boys influencing his decision. Absolutely. Of course it had to be. I would say a hundred percent that we're the box office podcast of note. We are the box office podcast of record. Mm -hmm. So he, we're the gray boys. Yeah, and the thing is, is that 
he we still don't have numbers so we can't confirm anything so that's where he wins a little bit because we are the bo boys and we don't have box office numbers but we have to continue to beat this drum as long as we can Mm -hmm. so that he knows that this kind of sneaky stuff is not gonna it's not gonna fly no no you can't shy away from box office you can't be cowardly that way. Box office is the true measure of the success of a film. And if you don't have that, then all you have is a bunch of eyeballs. And we don't have a eyeball to dollar correlation yet. We will no. at some point have that, but we're not at that point. We're working no. on it, but we're not there yet. And believe me, if we can find out at some point how many people watch that the movie how many eyeballs were on king of staten island we will be able to figure out a box office and we will say it so you Apatel, you did not win this is a long game i don't care if it takes us years we will find a definitive number or an approximate number to nail you with a hundred percent and that's um, another cut the shit moment two in one week so that's four pieces of shit because we cut two of them in half. We did. Um, so one that star is, of that movie. That is the top ten news. But Clayton, we have got so much news. I think we've got to jump into all of the uh, release date changes that have happened in the past week. And on a regular week, this would have led the show. Yes, yes. In a in a uh, uh, middle of COVID, you know, March, April, May situation, we're just talking about these release date moves. But you know, of course, numbers and top tens; those will always come first. But so let's we're talking get into it. Tenet. Yes, that held firm on the fourteenth for so long. July fourteenth was when, July seventeenth. Sorry, July seventeenth. Mm-hmm. July 17th is when it was supposed to come out. It has now moved. It has moved to July 31st. So not mm-hmm. to next year or to fall or to winter. It is moved two weeks. Mm-hmm. But that's still more movement than I believe Christopher Nolan wanted. It is, but I look at this as a very encouraging uh, uh Uh, development development because if it had obviously if it had moved totally off the schedule if tenant had moved to you know the fall or to next year then we would say yeah we don't know what's going on everything's in flux the theaters are not confident you know the movie companies and theaters are not confident at all the fact that it just moved two weeks back what that tells me is they're very confident about that date because they're not going to be pushing it back every couple of weeks. This was like the one move they're going to make with Tenet, I would think. And, you know, anything could totally blow up. But, like, them moving it two weeks makes me think that everyone is pretty confident that movie theaters are just about ready to open wide. They just needed a little extra time to, you know, let the butter coagulate. Um, I guess, like, you know, get get a couple more paper towels that they could use to pretend to clean the seats. You know, there are a couple of little developments, but they're just about there. So I like yeah. this move. I, I feel happy about hearing this. And they're putting out Inception as a catalog title on July 17th. to whet the appetite of all the Nolan crazy people. So that is also showing a little bit of confidence. And Mm -hmm. I think that's a great catalog movie for hardtops. Definitely. That's great. Well, what I also would think about why they moved it back a couple of weeks is, you know, in normal times, a movie comes out and people are watching trailers for that movie for months, you know, in front of other movies. The theaters are just starting to open now. So if you're if you're uh, Warner Brothers and you're hoping that Tenet is a big hit, 
you want to have that couple of weeks of runway where people are actually going to theaters and they're actually seeing the trailer for Tenet. So I think these two weeks probably just gives them that little extra time to just promote the movie. Oh yes. In, in the, in, in a, in a way where they have a captive audience, which would be inside a hardtop theater or at Mm -hmm. a drive-in. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that I'm not bummed by this, you know, as someone who is excited for movies and box office to come back, this doesn't discourage me. You know, it's like, we got to wait a little longer, but it's happening. And like you said, it's because they have figured out this is the amount of time that we need to have everything ordered and ready. Because possibly, you know, they ordered too many oral thermometers and not enough anal thermometers. So they were doing research and they were like, we need way more anal thermometers than we expected. And they wouldn't come in time for tenant. So, you know you might have to do an do do the oral temperature at inception but by the time you come back for tenant you can have it done anally if that is what you prefer right 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 yeah and that i think that's because... important for the theater going experience to have that stuff sorted out before the biggest title or the mm-hmm. first biggest title comes into your theater yeah cuz that doesn't make sense you you people might not have the thermometer of their choice for these nostalgia titles. And maybe right now I'm sure there's discounted pricing going on, all that kind of stuff in these movies. But when, yeah, when tenant comes out, you're going to want the thermometer of your choice available. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. This move started a whole domino effect Mm -hmm. because what we had said for the longest time is that if Inception moves, Wonder Woman 1984 is going to move. And it did. It's moving out into October. Mm-hmm. So it's going to come out in the first weekend of October. Which is the, which the is Joker the jo- slot. Joker slot. So Wonder Woman gets the prime Joker spot. Right. October 2nd. That's big. Yeah, that's great. That makes so much sense because it's been a spot Warner Brothers as a studio has owned the last few years because the year before that, it was the Star is Born slot. Then it became the Joker slot. And this year, it'll be the Wonder Woman 1984 slot. I I like that a lot. I mean, basically what we're seeing is the fall is the summer. Yes. The the fall season is just going to be bananas, just blockbusters every week. Um, so putting Wonder Woman in there, I'm, I'm excited about that. Yeah. The only thing I'm bummed about is that I'm not going to be able to see that in August, uh, cause it was supposed to come out August 14th because mm-hmm. it looked fun. It seemed like, again, you know, it gives them more time. I think also to cut the Goonies in to the movie, which we now yep. know almost a hundred percent, the Goonies are going to be in Wonder Woman 1984 yep. with this new amount of time to do reshoots there's got to be some goony stuff going on so that's 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 something to look forward to but these are all positive moves Mm -hmm. so then we have unhinged moving which unhinged was supposed to come out first week of july it was supposed to come out july 3rd i think and now it's moved one week back right it's moved to july 10th so again, it's like even the canary is getting consideration. They're even thinking, is there a way that this canary doesn't a hundred percent die? Right. Now it gives or, or the, canary... the canary di- or if the canary dies in the coal mine, you want to have time to clean it out before tenant gets in that coal mine. Yes, true, true, true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that gives you more you know, canary body removal time. So, so that's, that's big, but also this leaves Mulan as the first quote unquote blockbuster at July Mm -hmm. 24th. And are we saying it here? I mean, this is a Disney plus movie, right? I think it's gotta be. 
I mean, we've been saying this for, I think this was one of the first things we talked about when we heard about the coronavirus. Like, mm-hmm. the, the probably the first sentence we said to each other when we heard that there was a global pandemic happening is Mulan has to go to Disney Plus. And there's still nothing that has changed my mind about that. I think that announcement is coming. I think here's here's why I think even almost a hundred percent it's happening is because they have to get the stench of Artemis Fowl out of people's collective mind because Mm -hmm. Artemis Fowl came and dropped on plopped on Disney Plus. June 12th, which was a blockbuster day for movie entertainment. I mean, you had King of Staten Island, which as much as it is a bomb, it's still a noteworthy release. You had The Five Bloods, Spike Lee's latest film, drop it on Netflix. And then you had Artemis Fowl on Disney+. And it has gotten horrid reviews, headlines of, this is how you screw up a blockbuster. This is how you screw up a young adult adaptation. This is how you screw up my kid's life. I mean, there's ones that are hyperbolic. Mm -hmm. Disney Plus needs a win. They need something big to say, hey, they're not all going to be Artemis Fowls. Here's a Mulan for you. And they can always say, they can always say, the theaters, we we weren't confident with the theaters at this point. We are doing Disney Plus. Let's wait for et cetera, et cetera, their next movie to come out. I think it's okay, and we'll know why they actually did it, but you can go ahead and use COVID if you want to. We're not going to blame you. Mulan is going to be a stinker no matter where it falls, and I think in the next few days, probably before the next episode of this podcast, we're going to hear Mulan to Disney+. Plus. Yeah, I I think that's that's definitely coming, and especially – it's a kids movie. It's a family movie. You the could rats hide need the behind, cheese. Yeah, you could hide behind the uh, this the thought that oh, we don't want a, a kids movie to be the first uh, the first thing that opens up these movie theaters. We want to let other movies test the grounds first. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, we got so then, those moves. A couple of We've other, got... I would say, smaller ones, right? I would say the next thing that interests me is that Bill and Ted 3, Bill and Ted Face the Music, moved up a week earlier in August because Wonder Woman left. Um, yep. So, I mean, you look at August now, obviously Tenet is going to be doing Bafo Bobo throughout August. It opens July 31st. And it's pretty much that, and Bill, Bill and Ted has a real chance to do pretty well. Well, talk about talk about the kind of film that has been doing well in a catalog sense. I wouldn't oh. be surprised if they don't release Bill and Ted in theaters, and we see that in the top ten in the next couple of weeks. Prime in that pump. That's a great pick. And I do think Bill and Ted the third movie it's going to be a it's going to be a family-ish movie those movies were were not foul in any way they were always kind of harmless fun and mm-hmm. it's that same kind of window of, of 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 original film that came out in the late 80s that's what people kind of want to see in the theaters and everybody loves Keanu right now. He was having a moment pre-COVID. I don't think that anything has changed. So I think that could be a sleeper hit, like a sneaky little blockbuster. Oh, I definitely think so. I think that, uh, yeah, it, it, it's such a perfect uh, combo of it's, it's a, a movie that has a, a hot movie, a modern movie starring Keanu, because Keanu is a bigger star now than he ever was when those Bill and Ted movies were coming out and it's a nostalgia movie. And like any movie that I think comes out the next few months is going to have a lot of space to itself because there won't be a backlog of new movies taking up theaters. And it's just going to get as far as entertainment press goes, it's going to get a lot of coverage 
because I think oh, any yeah. big new movie that comes out in theaters is going to get a pretty huge amount of coverage because there's just not going to be much else going on in entertainment. Yeah, and you know what? Not not for nothing. Fun trailer. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. The trailer was fun, and it made me want to see it. Not that I wouldn't have seen it anyway, but still, I think that trailer was fun, and it made it look good. So I think that's a that's a big deal. It's sometimes yeah, it, as simple as that. Mm-hmm. And and it'll get the benefit of Tenant having been out a few weeks. Um. And its trailer will be in front of all of those tenant screenings. Oh, yeah. Dude, how exciting. And yeah, I, I. Me and you used to go to the theater all the time. So when the trailers would come, most of the time we had seen those trailers thousands of times before seeing mm-hmm. that movie. So we were, we didn't even mm-hmm. show up for the trailers. Mm-hmm. because we had AMC A-list and we were just like, let's show up right when it starts. Mm-hmm. Now this is back to old school theater going where I'm going to want to be there for the trailers. Well, you're going to have... S- well, because of the, the fact that it's going to take you a half an hour to go through all the the medical right. treatments and medical yeah things to, to get in the theater. Right, right. Getting the thermometer up your butt, getting a COVID test, you know, checking your blood pressure, all that stuff. So you'll have to be there before the trailers anyway. But yeah, like you said, it'll be nice because these will be new trailers. Yes. I mean, it's it's just the whole experience is going to take you back, you know? Yeah. Uh, another move we got to talk about very quickly, a move that we saw coming... Godzilla versus Kong, mm-hmm. tail between its legs, slinking off into 2021, and Bond moving in to take its place, uh, moving up a week. Mm-hmm. Bond, the first movie to run, smartly, smartly. At yes. first we were like, it's a coward move. Then we're like, it's the, it's a, it was a perfect survival move because it was the first movie that got to pick its next uh, landing spot. Mm-hmm. But it moves up a week in November, and Godzilla is off to 2021. This movie, we said, drop Godzilla. You gotta rebrand this as as Kong and Friend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe that is part of what'll be happening here. Is you'll get a re-edit, get a lot of you know, put in some more Kong footage, cut down Godzilla to basically a cameo. And and by cameo, like an actual just like Kong buys a Godzilla cameo. Yes, yes. He pays $40 and Godzilla uh, wishes Kong a happy birthday. And that's $40 is too much for a Godzilla cameo. Well, I mean, I think Kong's like, I got money. Kong's like, I got money to burn. I'm not going to argue it. I'll pay. Yeah. It. Who cares? He, could, he needs it more than me. That's true. But I think that's um, that's a big move. Yeah, and nothing. Then, what were you gonna say? I was just gonna say, our man Dave Batista finally gets a release date for My Spy coming to Amazon. A little bit of a streamo boy thing here, but very quickly, end of June. Uh, it's coming out. Uh, what June twenty sixth? Also, Greyhound got dated. Yes, Greyhound is now coming out on uh, Apple Plus on, was it July 10th? I believe so. So that's a big weekend because it's unhinged in theaters and Greyhound with Tom Hanks on Apple Plus. Same Friday. Soon, every weekend is going to be so huge. Yeah. Because yeah, you'll have so, that on July 10th. July 17th will be Mulan, predicting, obviously, Disney+, Plus, though they say still theaters. And then July 31st, no, Tenet kicks Mulan it off. Mulan is the 24th. Real... I'm sorry, Mulan the 24th. Okay. I mean, it doesn't matter because it's going to be Disney+. Plus. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, we're getting close to a real movie schedule. You know, basically, once we get into July, 
there will be a sense of box office normalcy again. Hopefully, hopefully. Hopefully, hopefully, yeah. Well, I think we did it, Pat. Oh, we definitely did it. There was so much in this episode. So much. Um, Where can they... Where can they find us? Well, you could email us at theboboyspodcast at gmail.com. Email us and let us know which catalog title you think will be in next week's top 10. Obviously, I said Remlins is going to be moving into the top five. Clayton picks the Karate Kid, which I think is a great pick. Well, maybe you have something different. So email us, theboboyspodcast at gmail.com. Give us your, and it feels so great saying this, give us your box office predictions for next weekend. Let us know how you think the numbers are going to shake out. That's, I just got chills in a, in a mm-hmm. good way. So this is where I usually talk about the Patreon. Uh, you know, it's not the time to be talking about giving us nope. money. There's so many other places you can be giving money to. The Patreon is in a freeze. We were going to unfreeze it when Tenet opened on the 17th, but I said we were going to hold firm on that. You know, we're not, guys. Like, let's talk about the Patreon when things are at least a little bit better out there and there's more money... There's more there there's there's always going to be better places to put your money, but right now there's more important places to put your money. I like that. That that sounds right. So yeah, the the Patreon, you know, it, we'll, we'll, it'll we'll think about that there. down the road. Listen, the BO boys ain't going nowhere. No. We're not going anywhere. So huh? you have plenty of time to give us our due. Yeah. If it's yeah. Two years from now, three years from now, ten years from now. I mean, ten years from now, that's a long time. Now, hopefully it's before that. But still, there's yeah, plenty of time. Sometimes between three and ten years, we'll let you give us some, some money. But not right now. Like Diddy said, we ain't going nowhere because we're B.O. boys for life. I love that. So, Pat, until next time. We'll we'll smell smell you you at the box box office. office. Nailed it. Perfect. Perfect.